This is week number six in our summer series on spiritual warfare, the invisible war. We've been examining uh, the pieces of armor, uh, and uh, we've looked at uh, several of them already. First attack of the enemy is deception, and the defense against deception is the belt of truth. This would be the belt, not just uh, the traditional, but the uh, hanging down strips that uh, protect some very delicate places. Uh, anyway, uh, the belt of truth is being transparently honest with our commander-in-chief. you got to get honest and real. I'm not going to blame or excuse or deny sin in my life. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to carry it to the cross. I'm going to confess it as sin. And I'm going to ask Jesus to wash and cleanse and make me right. Uh, until you're right with the commander-in-chief and you're not playing games and hiding and excusing and blaming your sin on others, you really don't have much protection. So that's the very first piece of the armor. The second attack of Satan's army is condemnation. And the defense against condemnation is the breastplate of righteousness. That would be uh, this piece of armor. The breastplate would protect the vital organs. The uh, vital organs are absolutely necessary to be protected or you're going to die quickly. Jesus made the great exchange for us and he took on himself our sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus literally became sin on our behalf and then he put on us all of his righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. So I need to daily remind myself it's the righteousness of Jesus that protects me. And uh, I need to know it, I need to believe it, and think it, and speak it, and make sure that's on to protect my vital organs. Third attack of the demonic army is doubt. They love to hit us with doubts, and the defense against doubt is, are, I guess you should say, uh, the gospel shoes. And uh, we put on those gospel shoes, and the gospel literally is the gospel facts. And we talked over the, the facts. When we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. And we were enemies of God, but now Jesus on the cross made the peace bridge possible. Peace with God is possible, and therefore I stand on those gospel facts. And that reminds me of the peace that I have. Uh, my faith is not based on my performance, my faith is not based on my emotions, my feelings. My faith is based on the facts of the gospel. Fourth attack of Satan and his demons are fiery darts. I don't know if you remember, it's been a few weeks now. But the defense against the flaming darts, the fiery arrows of the enemy, what is this? This is the shield of what? It's the shield of faith. And every time the enemy flies a, a temptation my way to go against God's word, I, I grab a hold of that shield, and my faith is in God and his word and his truth. It's not in doing things my own way and according to my own understanding. So I grab that shield and, and I put it into practice. Uh, faith is acting on God's word. It's not knowing God's word, 
It's putting it into practice. And if we just know it, but we're not living it, um, it makes absolutely no difference. It doesn't protect us. Just knowing the truth isn't enough. The fifth attack of the enemy is on our salvation. It's on our salvation. And the defense against this attack is the helmet of salvation. And we're going to look at this piece of the armor today, the helmet of salvation, essential to protect our minds, essential to protect our brains, our thinking, our thoughts, our attitudes, our motives, our uh, ideas and memories. There we go. Nice. Ephesians chapter 6 is where you want to be right now. We're going to stand together. We're going to declare out loud once again uh, what the armor is all about. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. We'll read down through verse 20. Would you join me? Let's declare God's word as his church. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for loving us so much that you uh, gave us protection for our hearts and our minds and our souls. Lord, may each of us be convinced today as we study uh, your book that you really do care and understand and have shown us amazing protection against all of the ugliness we might face here on planet Earth. I pray for those who are here today who are hurting and discouraged and struggling. The truth is, Lord, uh, this world is not our home. We're just pilgrims passing through. But as we pass through, Lord, oftentimes life is hard. So we look to you for your grace and your mercy and your comfort for each and every person here today who's struggling. May they leave here encouraged and refreshed. May they leave here today knowing how much you love them, knowing how much you've provided for each and every one of your kids. 
It's a privilege to be able to worship you now as we dig into your book together. We ask that your spirit and your word might come together in combination and impact each and every one of our hearts and lives and minds. And we pray all of these things in the awesome name of our King, our Commander, our Lord Jesus Christ. And all the church at Walloon said, in victory. I know I fooled you there. Sorry about that. You may be seated. <laughs> uh, you probably noticed the uh, table of helmets. Uh, let me uh, go through the table of helmets. First of all, we have uh, the bicycle helmet. I remember brand new bike going around the block for the first time, and man, was I pedaling hard. And as I was pedaling hard, the front wheel fell off. And yeah, Dad felt bad about that. Didn't get the front wheel on real tight. Anyway, fly, I, I needed, back in those days, nobody wore helmets. I needed a helmet. Everything was bruised and scratched. Baseball helmet. Kevin, I would guess every year we saw at least six kids plunked in the head. Now, I realize some of them were only going 25 miles an hour, the balls, but uh, sometimes it was a good thing that they had the helmet on. Lots of kids, baseball, Little League especially, you're, you're getting smacked in the head. Uh, my sister works as a a nurse in a rehab hospital in Philadelphia. She said the number one, uh, by far, group of patients that she has to take care of are middle-aged men who decided not to wear their helmets while they were riding their motorcycles. And uh, it's ugly and it's sad. Good reason to wear your helmet, right? Larry, can I hear an amen there? Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to go green or blue cause uh, ugliness here today, so we have a northern, northern Michigan University football helmet here. Uh, the Cruzels are uh, attached quite closely with, uh, with this helmet, both Tyler and uh, Trevor is actually, I just heard this rumor, is uh, one of the co-captains for the football team this year. Pretty cool, eh? Yeah, that's fun. Anyway, it's Northern Michigan University, what, Eskimos? What's, what's your, uh, uh, okay, yeah, it's that. Okay, so I, I'm telling you, if you see Tyler or Trev and can imagine them hitting you as hard as they can, uh, you want this thing on, you do. Matter of fact, I want a lot more than that on. But anyway, uh, there's reason why football players have to wear their helmet. This is the Roman soldier helmet usually made of bronze, and you'll notice the earpieces, and it provided protection for your head, for your mind, for your brain. Uh, why would you need one of these, you ask? Well, you can imagine the enemy soldiers would go after your head. They had what they called the broad sword, which is kind of the, the baseball bat, four foot long, and literally, it wasn't made for cutting, it was made for smashing. And they would go after enemies, especially their heads. This would provide some protection. Hopefully, you'd duck some and it would just be a glancing blow. Uh, they came after you with axes. Similar idea. Uh, the idea is to smash and kill your enemy. 
and uh, knock them upside the head. This provides, again, some protection. Against flaming arrows coming, the helmet would provide some protection for the head. You knew, as a Roman soldier, that when you head off to battle, you better get your helmet on. No soldier would go into battle willingly without his helmet. They knew it was vital, it was needed, it was necessary. You're either going to get knocked out of the battle or you will be destroyed and killed. Your head is that important. That's the idea. Helmet covering your mind, covering your thoughts, your attitudes, your motives, your memories, your ideas, the way you think. That's all underneath the helmet, your head. We've been instructed, you're a follower of Jesus. This piece of armor has been provided. Wear it. Put it on as needed and necessary. That's the instructions there in Ephesians chapter 6. Now go back and uh, look at verse 17 with me. It says, it's take the helmet of what? What kind of helmet is it? Helmet of salvation. Now this is where it gets interesting because salvation actually has four parts to it. Follow me here. This is a little bit of theology, but you need to know it. You need to understand it. Before Jesus tossed the stars into space, he picked his kids to be a part of his kingdom team. Think about it. You weren't just a last minute, uh, I'll take George. No, before Jesus tossed the stars into the universe, he picked George Graham to be on his team. That's a part of salvation, that he chose me. It was planned. First uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 2, Romans 8, verses 28 and 29. Words like predestined, sovereignly picked and chose us. It's there. It's a part of salvation. Part 2 of salvation. There was a day where Jesus pursued us and knocked on our heart's door. And Burl, the moment you opened your heart's door to Jesus and said yes... That's the second part of salvation. He literally, at that moment, Burl, think about it, he purchased you out of slavery to sin. Jesus took on all of Burl's sins and then put on Burl all of his righteousness. Can you imagine? And that moment is called justification. Born, sealed with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. The third part of salvation is is that through Jesus and his spirit, which takes up residence in us, at the moment of salvation, he starts a transforming work in our lives. In, in other words, Jesus is working day by day, little by little, day by day. He's making us more and more like his son, Jesus. The Lord is doing that. You tracking with me? That, that work is called sanctification. Slowly, surely, he, he's working in us, and Jesus is alive and changing us day by day by day. I hope you're not the same person that you were last year. That's why Alan Jane's testimony is so encouraging. He's working. They're growing. They're maturing. That's the way it's supposed to be. That work is a saving aspect of the Holy Spirit and his word. The final part of salvation is this. You ready? The best is yet to come. We're not done yet. 
when you quit living here on planet Earth, and now you're face to face with Jesus, our citizenship, Philippians 3.20, is in heaven right now. And we're looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth, 2 Peter 3, verse 13. means we're going to be glorified, and we will be face to face with who? Jesus Christ for all of eternity. So let's just think this through for now. Uh, Jesus chose us. Jesus purchased us out of slavery to sin. He justified us, took on all of our sin and garbage, put on us all of his righteous goodness. He's currently doing a transforming work in our lives. And oh, by the way, the best is yet to come. That's what salvation is all about. It started like an eternity past, and then he got a hold of our lives, and we became his kids, and now he's working presently today, and then this work is going to keep on working in the future for all of eternity. That's, that's what salvation is all about. Those are the aspects, the facts of salvation. And I want you to know, when you get it, that affects our thoughts, and it affects our attitudes, our motives, our memories, our idea. We need to rehearse and remember, oh yeah, salvation has come into my life. Jesus picked me. He grabbed a hold of my life. He made me new, justified me. He's working in me today, and the best is yet to come. And when you finally grab a hold of that, and you believe it and you think it, it changes the way you think. And here's the hard part, and then i got to keep rehearsing it, because I don't know about you, but my forgetter is better than my rememberer, right? And you got to, oh yeah, I got to keep reminding myself of those facts. So, which of those four facts is Paul talking about here in verse 17? Look at it. Which is, is he talking about that choosing us before he tossed the stars? Is he talking about that moment of salvation when we were born again? Is he talking about the present work of Jesus and his word and his spirit or is he talking about that future day to day for all of eternity and, and the answer is anybody it's all four yeah that's right it's all of them because if the enemy can get us questioning any aspect of our salvation that's where we're most vulnerable if he can get us well, I'm not sure I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that that's if he can get our minds under attack he very well may win the battle. Now, here are some attacks that I've heard over the years. Okay, I'll just try to share. Uh, why would the Lord choose you, Ellis? Your relatives are from French Lick in southern Tennessee. That's true. My, my, my dad's relatives are from French Lick, Indiana. Interesting town. Uh, southern Tennessee. Uh, Ellis, you're, you're just... Your, your relatives are a bunch of hillbillies, and that's really true. Uh, there's nothing royal or regal or special about you. I think you are like the last person he would choose to be a part of your team. Uh, second part of salvation. Jeff, you were just a kid when you first said yes to Jesus. You, you were just a little kid in, in vacation Bible school. You didn't really know what you were doing. That's just a phase you weren't really saved. You, you were just a little kid going along with everybody else. And look at all the garbage you've participated in since you claim you're saved. Obviously, that wasn't real. Present today. Uh, there's no way you're a Christian. 
You just blew it for the third time today with your mouth. How can you say you're saved with a straight face? You're nothing but a hypocrite, Ellis. Come on. Move on and be real. Or, on that last part, the glorified, at, right after, and this happens quite often after I preach a funeral. Um, are you sure that, that what you just talked about is true? Are you sure that you just don't go on the ground and rot? That's it? How can you be so certain? What if you're wrong? Do you understand the essence of the attacks? It, it's attacking the cornerstone of our lives, which is our salvation. It's the sword that swung against our minds. It's the axe that's aimed at our thinking. It's an attempt by Satan and his army to disrupt and distort the truth about our salvation in Jesus Christ. Shall I say that again? It's an attempt by Satan and his demonic army to disrupt and distort the truth about our salvation in Jesus Christ. So, here's the question. How do we get our helmets on? We're told, get it on. Get that helmet of salvation on and keep it on, especially when the enemy is attacking. How do you get your helmet on? Here we go. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. I want to show you something. Dan's going to put it up here on the wall. Acts chapter 4 and verse 10. It says, It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Okay, they're, they're talking about a healing, and, and the Jewish leaders aren't happy, but notice it's the name of Jesus that the power comes from. Now, verse 12, Acts chapter 4, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Here's the point. The helmet of salvation is all about Jesus Christ. Okay? You need to get this. This helmet is all about Jesus Christ. Well, what do you mean? Well, Jesus was the one who picked you. Before he tossed the stars into space, he picked you to be a part of his team. And Jesus was the one who took your place on the cross. Jesus was the one who took your place in the tomb. Jesus was the one who early on Sunday morning, what did he do? He rose from the dead. That's right. And then Jesus is the one who's working in our lives today. It's the spirit of Jesus Christ. It's the word of Jesus Christ, the Bible, that's working and transforming and doing amazing sanctifying work. Little by little, we're growing in him. Oh, and by the way, who is it that we're going to spend eternity with face to face? And his name is? Oh, yeah. You understand? Salvation is all about Jesus. So I'm telling you what we're talking about here today. It's, it's getting in tune with Jesus Christ. He's the source. He is the, the one who gives and brings salvation. He's the one who's every aspect of salvation. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. And he's the one who's working in our lives. Now, Satan's attacks are effective and devastating when we wander and drift from the source of our salvation. 
Would you track with me? Whenever I move away and slowly, and maybe I don't even realize, it's just been a few days, but now I've drifted away from the source of my salvation, and when I've drifted from Jesus, my head is vulnerable. Does that make sense? Whenever you wander away from Jesus, the source of our salvation, our minds, our thinking is left unprotected, and our heads are vulnerable. In order to keep my helmet of salvation on, I got to stay close to the source of my salvation every day. Every day. And some hard days, I got to go back several times in that day. And, and here's how I do it I choose daily to sing and worship Jesus in song. And I hope you're not just worshiping Jesus on Sundays, y'all. I, I, hope, I hope you're singing. So, Monday through Saturday, I'm singing. And, and if you ever pass me in the car and you wonder, what, what's that idiot doing? You know, he's, he's talking to him. No, I'm, most of the time, sometimes I'm talking to myself, but mostly I'm talking to Jesus and singing, you know. You got the radio, you got CDs, you got iPod, you got your phone. There's no reason why we can't be singing today, constantly. That helps. That keeps me close. Daily, I'm in his book. I got to remember, this is his love letters to me, to the church, but to me. This is his instructions for successful living. I want to be successful. I want to be fruitful. I better keep my head in the book, and you might as well. I stay close to the source of my salvation by when I blow it, I don't just lay there in the ditch. Can, can you imagine? If, if I fell here last week and I go, oh, and you come back this Sunday and Pastor Jeff's still here, what would you think? He's finally lost it. We knew he was headed there. Uh, I just know if I get up, I'm going to fall again, so I just decided just to lay here. Well, of course not. If you fall, what do you do? You get up. If you fall spiritually, what do you got to do? Get up. Because the longer you lay here, the more your mind is vulnerable. When you sin and blow it, the longer you lay there, you are opening up attack of an axe or a broadsword and it's going to wipe you out. Let me tell you one more source of, of my salvation that keeps me close. You ready? It's you guys. Did you, did you know that God's plan today is for us to worship together, to sing with with each other, that you encourage me. When I hear from Alan Jane, that encourages me. When we meet with our small group, that keeps us connected. It shows us we're not alone. Um, God's plan for today, are you ready? Is the local church. In the Old Testament, it was Israel. Today, it's the local church. And let me step on a toe or two. That's weekly, that's not once a month. That's not uh, whenever it's not raining out or whenever it's convenient. We need each other. And some of you, the reason you're not doing so good is because church has just become whenever it works out. The longer you stay away from Jesus and his word and his church and abiding and connecting and daily walking and talking with Christ, the more free shots you're giving Satan to attack your head, your mind, your thinking. And you're thinking especially regarding your salvation. 
That, that's the difference here. He wants to attack your salvation, the fact that Jesus chose you, that he justified you by the cross and the shed blood and the empty tomb. He wants to attack where you are today in your walk with Jesus, and he wants to attack your future that's out of this world face-to-face -face, where you'll be glorified and with Jesus for all eternity. Several times a year, I'll meet with people who've wandered. So I just want you to know, this is fairly common, and they'll usually say, you know, I just need to talk because I've got some doubts and I'm uncertain about my salvation, and I don't, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if I really meant what I said when I said yes to Jesus. Uh, Jesus just seems far away, and I'm pretty sure he's mad at me right now. And the idea of heaven and eternity, I'm just not so certain about it. It feels kind of distant, and, and, and maybe it's not even real for me. So after, after 30 years of hearing people who, and you may be there today, here's what I've learned, and I almost always go through a series of questions, and I almost always say, well, when's the last time you spent some time all by yourself talking and walking and singing to Jesus? What do you mean? You mean church? No, I mean you alone with the Lord, talking with the Lord, singing to the Lord, just enjoying his presence. Well, I don't sing very well, Pastor Jeff. You know, you can sing, but I, did you know that Scripture says you make a joyful what? I know for a fact everybody here, even the balcony, can make a joyful noise. So it's not a matter of, do you sing with, with this wonderful voice? No, you make a joyful noise. When's the last time you spent more than 10 minutes in the Bible, and I'm not talking, it doesn't count when, when you're here on Sundays, when you actually got in and feasted on God's Word? Well, it's been a long time, Pastor Jeff. Well, how, how's your day-to-day -day walk with Jesus going? I don't know. That's, that's been a while. How, how are you doing at attending worship? It's been pretty spotty. Are you in a small group? No. No, I didn't do that yet. Are you serving in your sweet spot? I haven't really found my spot. I'm just telling you, when you dig down a bit, almost always, I have yet to find the exception, you discover that a person that's struggling with their salvation, they've drifted. They've wandered. They're, they're no longer staying close on a regular basis with the Lord Jesus. And oh, by the way, who's the source of our salvation? Answer? Jesus. Salvation. It's a gift, and it's all about Jesus Christ. I can't say that enough. To enjoy our salvation, to believe in our salvation, to put our salvation into practice, you've got to stay connected to the source of your salvation. And who is the source of your salvation? It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. There's this uh, old hymn that I find myself singing a lot. But it's mostly just the last line of an old hymn. And it's a hymn called, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Familiar with anybody besides me? Yeah, most, many of you. Um, this, this song has, is classic, and now a lot of new groups and musicians today, David Crowder has a version, Sarah Groves has a version, For Him has a version.
But anyway, here's the line that I, I connect with. It says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Prone to wander, Lord, I, I feel that. There's a part of all of us that we wander and we drift and we stray away from the source, the one we love. But I like, here's the next part, the rest of the, the stanza, but here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And I just got to tell you, when I'm, when I'm feeling like I'm drifting and I'm feeling like I'm straying and don't feel connected, I, I actually sing those lines to Jesus. And uh, it, it sounds something like this. I'm prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Now, now as you're driving by me, that's, that may be what I just sang. What is up with that nut? <laughs> I'm just, just singing to the Lord. Just singing to the Lord. Um, so if you're here today and your mind has been under attack, if you're here today and the enemy has been swinging an axe or a broadsword at your salvation, please know this. Jesus is not mad at you. That, that's, that's a lie. And Jesus is not deeply disappointed in you. And he's not thinking about throwing you off of his team. Those are lies. Those are deceptions. You, you know what Jesus is saying? Come on home. Come on home. Come back. Walk with me. And, and he even says this in Luke. And if you come wandering back to me, I'll, I'll meet you halfway. And I'll, I'll throw my arms around you and I'll love on you. And, and, I'll, and I'll once again enjoy your presence and you with me. The Lord's not mad at you. He's just saying, why would you live without my helmet? <laughs> it's dangerous. You don't do well. I don't do so good when I don't stay close to the source of my salvation. And frankly, none of us do. Come on home. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. Would you just quiet your heart for a moment and say, Lord, how does this apply to me? How does the helmet of salvation relate to my life right now? Would you show me? Speak, Lord. I'm listening. Prone to wander. <laughs> Lord, I feel that. Prone to leave the God I love. And yet I'm still prone to drift and stray from the source of my salvation. Anybody say, uh, I, I think recently... 
I've drifted. Maybe life has gotten real busy and stressful and overwhelming. There's lots of reasons. But the answer is to come on home. The answer is to come running back to the source of your salvation. And that's the case for all of us. Anybody say as we close, Lord, uh, been drifting a bit, been wandering and straying, been getting some confusion regarding some aspect of my salvation, but I just want you to know right now, today, I'm running home. And with your grace and your strength, I, I just want to stay there with you. And I know that I'm still going to be prone, but, but for right now, I want to make that strong choice of my will to come and stay close to you and do the things that I know are necessary and needed to stay close and connected to the source of my salvation. Anybody lift up your hand and say, that's, that's my heart, Lord. See me right now. Yeah. See my hand, Lord. Just want you to know I've heard, you've spoken, I've listened, and now I'm declaring I'm running and I'm staying. And keep me there. Anybody else? Anybody in the balcony? That's me? Yeah. Yeah. Would you just join me? We don't have it up here, but it's uh, prone to wander, Lord. I feel it prone to leave the God I love. Uh, sing with me because that's, uh, that's where we are. That's all of us. We still got that old, sinful, prone to wander, old nature. And uh, we just need to be honest. So let's, let's sing that to the Lord as we close. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Lord, uh, we don't do well on our own. We can't self-protect ourselves. We're not as clever or strong or uh, as intelligent as our enemy and his demonic army. They will defeat us every time when we try to do it in our own power and strength. So Lord, uh, humble us. May we recognize that uh, we desperately need your son Jesus and his armor on to be effective, to be successful, to survive and thrive in this world of war pray all these things in Jesus' name.